This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Girls on Porn. I'm Rachel. I'm Laura. And we love porn. This is our porn review podcast. We talk about what we love and roast what we hate. Helping you find hot, ethical, just plain better porn for your spank bank. And we're looking at everything. Including in this episode what could arguably not be porn. Who knows? Is certainly worth conversation. Today we are talking about erotic fiction, erotic literature with mm. Almaz Ohini. Welcome, Almaz. Hi. Yay. Hi. It's so exciting to have you here. Pleasure. Uh, Almaz is an award-winning creative copywriter and freelance journalist. She is the founder of Kaylee Daniels Dated, a new web platform combining sexy stories with informative sexual health features. She also writes on sexuality for leading publications, including Independent, Refinery29, and Vice. Almaz is part of the Decolonizing Contraception Collective, a community interest group working within sexual and reproductive health, and is also a sexual health education facilitator with Sexplain, an independent organization running exclusive and comprehensive sex ed workshops in schools. Wow. A woman of many hats. (laughs) Yeah. So many hats. So (laughs) nice to talk to you, especially about the subject that we have so many people who wanted us to cover, and we were always like... How, we don't know anything about it, so now we have a uh, quote-unquote <laughs> expert. <laughs> yeah, well, How would you say that you found your path into both sexual education and erotic fiction? So I've always um, written really raunchy stories. Um, I started oh, I doing that. it when I was in school, just mm-hmm. for me. Um, <laughs> And then when I was at university, I started sending them around to friends and they were like, oh, these are really good. Um, (laughs) And then as I've got older, I've kind of developed my style and kind of decided to um, kind of create a a content brand around the writing and get them illustrated. Mm. Um, And then it was after I launched the project in 2018 that I then found myself on the kind of sex education scene and then... Um, I started working with decolonizing contraception and sex plane in 2018, 2019. Yeah. Cool. Because I'm a sex ed nerd and I talk constantly on this show about a very progressive sex ed class I took in middle cl- middle school that changed my life. Will you just tell us a little bit more about sex plane and about yes. this decolonization or sorry, decolonizing contraception? Yeah. Group? Um, So in the UK, um, sex ed is not compulsory in schools yet. Um, It will be from September 2020. Although this month there's just been news that because of coronavirus, the government is giving schools more time to prepare. 
Um, I'm not really sure what they have to prepare. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, So it's been delayed until the summer term next year. Um, oh, okay. But we're just very much focused on giving the young people the facts about pleasure mm. um, and that sexuality is a spectrum and you should be free to express your sexuality yeah. in, in ways that you want to. And we also talk a lot about... Um, not putting so much emphasis on penis and vagina sex. Um, oh, wow. Because... That's this... pretty progressive. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Really fun. Yeah, that's great. I wish that I, that's the kind of uh, sex ed that I had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except it, instead, my sex ed teacher was like, women can't experience pleasure. <laughs> from what, sex. can or can't? C- can't, cannot. Oh. It is oh. impossible. Oh, dear. Like, sex is not for women. And I was like, I think... You might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. All that teacher did was tell you about how unfortunate her life was. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Looking back now, I was like, wow, what a loveless marriage she was trapped in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you started writing this stuff like when you were younger. Do you feel like you were always kind of like a horny kid? Yeah, always. always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, us too. Yeah. Rachel and I talk about doing like little doodles. Like Rachel's an expert at it and it's still her party (laughs) trick. I also would like draw women with big boobs and like men just being like, let's do it. Even though I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It. But to to actually write erotic stories as a child, that's very cool. Yeah. I did not advance well, that Well, I mean, level. Eight, 18 is not a child. Like, I yes. was like, Oh, that's when you started. Yeah, okay. Yeah, In my yeah, mind, yeah, you were like yeah, 10. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I started writing properly steamy stuff when I was 18. Oh, um, nice. Did you ever read erotica growing up or like erotic fiction? Or was it just something that you just, it just sort of fell into your lap? Yeah, so because um, I studied literature at uni um, Mm. and I did it at A-level and reading was a massive part of my life and just so much literature is just full of like raunchy bits. Yeah. So so I can't even remember the name of some of the titles, but I remember being still in primary school and just stumbling across a book in the library that was like had some explicit sex in it. Right. so I was like, ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, that's funny that you mentioned that because I remember actually now, I hadn't thought about this in years, but I remember being in elementary school and like renting a book for the library. And I have no idea what it was called, but it was like the second page was like talking about like this. It was about like a tortured young prince and he was like petulant and he was like upset and he like stripped his clothes off as he walked down the hallway and like got naked. And I was like, whoa, this is hot. And I was like, definitely. I'm like, I was like, third grade like why was that in my like my (laughs) elementary school library but thank god it was you know yeah (laughs) went home and had a great time with my pillow later you know i've got (laughs) no issue with that being in the library it sounds pretty tame honestly (laughs) (laughs) but when you're in third grade yeah we've got to tease these these desires somehow Mm -hmm. so and this is a question for both of you because I actually don't know Rachel's answer either. But like, would you yeah. say that you currently have a relationship with erotic fiction that works its way into your sex life? Like, do you have favorites by your bedside, or is mm. it more a professional thing than like something that you personally return to? Um. So right now, I'm just really busy with loads of different projects. So I don't. Right. I, I don't really have time to incorporate raunchy materials into my own sex life at the moment which Mm -hmm. is kind of 
distressing. It's like, oh, I'm a professional sex educator now. Right, I don't right. have that much time to incorporate cool stuff yeah. into my own <laughs> sexual practice. Listen, I know exactly what you mean. Rachel is much better at being like, yeah, today I squirted. Like, check me out. And I'm like, I barely have time to like recreationally watch porn. Like, oh, man. <laughs> like porn has well, become a job. And yeah. I think partners expect like so much more than me just being like, yeah, just some sex and then I go to sleep. Like, what's question mark? Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll be pleased to know that when I was researching this episode and reading some Anaya Snin, I was like, I don't know if it's the combination of that and like maybe I'm ovulating, but I am like running around humping everything I can find at the moment. I'm like, I am a fan of erotic fiction. Yeah. Right. Just something about like being able to use my imagination at the same time mm-hmm. um and also ugh, i mean i'm i'm a sucker for like period pieces and you know obviously i'm imagining these people in like 1930s france and i'm immediately yeah. horny you know i knew i knew that a nice name would be a hit for rachel when i picked <laughs> it because i was like we're gonna go to early 20th century europe we're gonna yeah. be on a fucking decadent tour through Paris and other parts exactly. of the continent. There are tapestries and a bear rug. There's tapestries. There's like like there's Moroccan pillows. Yeah, constant discussion of like like cedar wood and like scents and like texture and like opium dens, but then also like decadent pillows and beds and like lace silk. underwear. Like everything all of is the silk. Yeah. And like skin is silky, like lingerie is silky, hair is silky, lips are silky. I'm like, this is horny as hell. I'm so into it. <laughs> but anyway, we're getting it. ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we're not, sorry. We're okay. not talking about ninjas yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, on that same vein, though, Almaz, is there, was there ever like a, or are there authors or writers whose style you really appreciate and kind of um, not emulate, but, you know, get um, inspired by? So my own um, writing style is very singular and stripped back. Um, And that's a bit like Lydia Davies. Um, Mm. I don't think she writes that much raunchy stuff. Yeah. Um, But um, I've noticed that the way I sometimes describe sex acts is kind of a bit similar to how Sally Rooney describes things. Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. very, very hot right now. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. super in. I'm, do you know, I'm so jealous of her. I'm just oh like, God, oh, I her know. work is just so I amazing. I think yeah. a friend of mine posted on Instagram after having read Normal People. He like looked up her bio and was like, she is 28. Like, however, she's a she's a child. Like, she's so young. Yeah, and it just was infuriating to me because I really pictured someone in their like 40s or 50s like yeah. finally having their moment was like god yeah. damn it yeah. <laughs> like, yeah but whatever it's deserved I actually I haven't read normal people but is it pretty raunchy like is it steamy in the writing not particularly but it's just so um grounded in reality yes. uh-huh. and um like physical yeah. sense she describes physical sensations in a way that's really true okay. to how it feels like in your actual body well as a mm-hmm. as a as a cis woman yeah um, right 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 
I'm just, I, yeah, I like that. I'm just curious because I'm like, I, I hope that it's taking the place of like Fifty Shades of Grey. But oh I don't know God, let's not. We don't need to give that any more airtime. Okay, it's, cool. it's, it's been a, it's been around for nearly a decade already. It just needs to die. Yeah, we're done yeah. With it. I yeah. am curious. I want to read Normal People because they. And now I'm ruining everything. But the only thing that bumped me about the TV series was how they dealt with the BDSM stuff. Like, I mm. didn't totally buy. Uh, exactly how that interaction went down that it was just like hey be my dom person who as far as we know has no experience in this realm and i yeah i missed hearing safe words and feeling like it was consenting and maybe that was sort of the point is that she got herself into a situation that didn't have clear boundaries but i didn't feel like it was dealt with so it just sort of leaned into like man this chick is fucked up rather than like bdsm Mm -hmm. is actually quite often a very healthy expression of complicated relationships with sex and trauma so anyway i'm i'm here to, to ruin normal people as much as the it, <laughs> luscious like the rest of the show is absolutely yeah. delicious so the problem that i have with that scene in the tv show is that mm-hmm. they did colorblind casting mm-hmm. and um randomly inserted like a black guy as mm-hmm. the dom yeah, yeah and yeah. um that for me like the producers just kind of forgot that actually there's a whole load of like race theory behind that and like perpetuating certain harmful stereotypes and in the book in the book he's supposed to be like a a indigenous Swedish guy um, like blonde but in the TV series he's not um, yeah and they're like hey let's bring in a violent guy and have it be one of the the very few black characters in the show exactly Um, so yeah bummer Well, I'm writing to my TV network. I'm (laughs) not. I don't know how to do that. But yeah, that was my only issue I had with it. Because, I mean, it's a very white show. Otherwise, being an Irish show. Ireland. um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Listen, I'm glad we're calling it out. Because we can't just hold everything up on a pedestal because it has luscious sex scenes in it. You know, it's not enough. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. The the, the source material is... Mm. um, is really layered, um, so mm. I would definitely recommend going to that. Yeah. Okay. I'll have okay. to read it. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm just super into erotic fiction, I've come to find... Yeah, I feel I do feel like I turned a corner researching for this episode, like truly had to confront myself and be like, why don't you read erotic yeah. fiction all the time? <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that just like the occasional recreational thing like mm-hmm. who says you can't like just do that at at night before like a little jill sesh or something like it's I mean, delicious and stimulating and as rachel already said like i love what it does for my imagination and resolves a lot of the problems of you know navigating porn and trying to right, find yeah. so, like worthwhile work in in this space which is our whole endeavor but erotic yeah there's so much erotic fiction is delicious and just as effective i think at getting me going <laughs> I think true. as well I I found that um a lot of the erotic material that I've read is coming from a place of desire rather than like wanton violence like a lot of yeah. porn is. Mm, that's um, a good point. Um which I think which is why maybe it um I connected with it when I was a teenager because mm-hmm. it was just about sensuality and desire and although um some of the passages that I read were like BDSM stuff. 
it it was um it was from a place of safety rather than, right. than just like life yeah well what you said about it being from a place of desire like it satisfies so much of what i ask of porn almost unfairly yes. and that it has a compelling like psychological dynamic and you can get inside the brain of, of the, the character and yeah, like exactly. embody their desire and that tension and it just makes it hotter for me that yeah. way because you feel yeah. their pull towards that moment rather than watching two performers and being like, is everyone okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Does everyone want to be here or was this just the scene you were assigned today? You know, like yeah. it just has, it's much more compelling. It can be very compelling right. that way, I think. Yeah, the stuff that I miss from porn that I like expect and like, you know, mainstream cinema, uh, you know, you, you get in erotic fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you watch porn? Do I watch porn? Yes, yeah. I yeah, yeah. It's part of my um my work as a sex educator. I do watch <laughs> porn. Oh, sure. And um I went to the Berlin Porn Film Festival last October and the London oh, one last year. And oh, I'll be going so again cool. once they're back. Um yeah. because we do in the professional work that I do, we just talk mm-hmm. about how to tell teenagers about the realities of porn like porn is porn it's not yeah. how real sex is right it's um, fantasy yeah. yeah and the problem is that parents are really scared of actually viewing porn and also legislators in the UK have mm. never even looked at any kind of ethical porn so they right. always try and blanket ban it mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just really frustrating so we're really trying to um get people to understand that um, aggregate porn sites and ethical porn sites are really different. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like That's truly great. different down to the business model and what drives them and therefore the content that is produced. Yeah. Exploitative right. versus self-motivated and ethical Creative. and <laughs> meaningful and yeah. Yeah. helpful to society right. versus destructive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Are, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how did you get started on Kaylee Daniels Dated and tell us a little bit about the show? We are the show, the series. <laughs> um, so to be honest, I think the summer I left university in 2011, I um, had this idea to do some kind of like raunchy project that was mm-hmm. like stories with illustrations. And I actually put out a call for com- commissions and it was a story called, it was a project called The Best Sex I Ever Had Was The Sex oh. I Never Had. And it was about kind of missed opportunities. Hmm. But basically, I didn't have any money. And I also didn't have any capabilities of like running a project. So that just died a death. But then it was always sitting at the back of my head. And then um, I kind of started a career working in the advertising agency of the advertising industry and kind of got loads of production skills and like creative direction skills there. And just in 2017 just decided to think about launching the project so I bought the domain name and then spent about a year like planning how it would be and sourcing all my collaborators um which I so I self-fund so I pay all of my um creatives um and yeah I just started writing these raunchy stories from the perspective of Kaylee Mm -hmm. and she kind of has lots of sexy situations but also some that are really non-consensual because I think it's really important to show in fiction how women and men can find themselves in kind of dangerous non-consensual situations as well yeah Hmm. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So you sent us three of them. Uh, yes. One is the Silver Fox and one is the White Isle, I believe. And yes. then yeah. the Rider. And I love that each of yeah. them sort of centers on a specific like escapade, like a, a specific yeah. adventure, we'll say. Um, yeah. A Tinder match, too, right? Or a kind of like a profile. There's like a profile attached. Yeah, so each of the characters... I've created like top trump cards for each of the characters. So they've each yeah. got their own like backstories and stuff. Yeah. Um, because create for me, it's really important that the characters feel authentic. And yeah. to give them authenticity, they have to have like a backstory. Yeah. Of course. Of course. It's yeah. great. So I've had such, such fun creating the whole world. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love your writing style. They're so, like you said, it's it's sort of restrained writing. Like, it's sort of sparse. Yeah. Like, we just get, yeah. like, bits and pieces and, like, tastes, so to speak. Of... I feel like it's perfect for, like, our generation's attention span. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really is. Like, there's no fat, you know? Like, it's, it's like, a, and it's just enough to be, like, tantalizing and, and yeah. exciting. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's a very fun, like, sexy tease. Like, mm-hmm. I loved the sur- the Silver Fox one. Oh, that's but, the one like, I have open course. too. <laughs> yeah, but like of course on brand I would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I stood up and I loosened my belt, unbuttoned my dress, and let it fall to the floor. His jeans strained against his erection. I oh, saw his lap, my, my legs world. either side of his. He put two of his fingers in my mouth and pushed them inside me hard. Like I, <sighs> it's just so it's so simple and delicate mm-hmm. and hot. Yeah, it's working for me. Yeah, it's like just enough, you know. It's not um, in terms of like what's on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they do take an extraordinary amount of time to write. Mm, really? They take so each three hundred and fifty word story takes me a month to do. Wow, oh, wow. what's <laughs> um, that process I, look like? So, so the process is I um. So I kind of, over an afternoon of maybe four hours, I'll write down the first draft, which is crap, and then I have to <laughs> let it sit for, like, a week, and then I redraft it over another afternoon, and then I spend another full day tweaking it. Um, but it, it, they do have to percolate over a, over a month or so. Sure. Um, yeah. Do yeah. you feel ages. like majority of these stories are from fantasies, or are any of them, like... A little bit of real life experience. <laughs> so, so this is curious. the question that everyone asks. I know. And people that know me well and know yeah. some of my personal history and who I've dated mm-hmm. can recognize elements Uh-oh. in I some bet. of the stories. Yeah. However, Kaylee, like they're all like they're all fictional stories yeah. um, but I have inserted elements of myself into her stories sure. and I think that's why it feels really real mm. um, yeah like even if it's more fiction than real life like there's some texture of inspiration in the characters and also in like how that character carries herself I would yeah imagine. exactly exactly yeah. um but also be- because I've got um all the the characters like likes and dislikes mm-hmm. and they're all set in London all those characters are people that you could recognize in London mm-hmm. so like people that have read the stories and might think oh yeah I want shagged this person who was a bit like June uh, yeah. in yeah. Unprotected yeah, there's, or... there's only like 10 people in London right like, <laughs> they all know yeah. each other <laughs> exactly 
It's true. And I love that it also incorporates, like, this educational component. Can you talk a little bit about how that works in the series? Yeah, so each of the um, raunchy stories has a companion body talk piece, which Mm. I've commissioned out to um, sexperts, and they take a theme from the story. So in the Silver Fox one... She gets finger banged Mm -hmm. and um, if you're doing lots of finger banging, there's a risk of getting cystitis if you've got Mm -hmm. dirty fingers. (laughs) Which this silver fox definitely has. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a doctor to explain how to avoid getting cystitis if you're going to be engaging in those kind of sex acts. Right. Because at the time that I started the project, there was really, or had the idea for the project, there was really no, like, materials for women like me who were already, like, who had quite active sex lives. There was, like, the clinic, which just give you, like, medical advice. Right. But they don't tell you how to navigate the situations in real life. Mm. Um, Mm. But since since I had the idea for the project, there's been loads of um, sex ed for adults kind of things springing up which is good oh nice um, yeah i think sexual uh, education is a lifelong journey so yeah before, I'll absolutely say it again, say it again. <laughs> put it on a damn t-shirt you know yeah well i have some fun some fun stats and some things that i found i also spent hours compiling the history of erotic fiction um which <laughs> you know i could basically just tell you now it's been around for forever yeah <laughs> that's all you need to know it's been around for forever and uh the oldest love poem ever found is for, is was from 2037 bc which is insane wow. it's in cuneiform uh google that if you want to know what it is <laughs> like i, I don't even tell know you. what form that is <laughs> i can't tell you um and then you know it's been around for forever ancient greece yada 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 medieval period when we get the printing press then it's like oh we've got increased restrictions um and then it started getting like handwritten manuals things like that we get the marquis de sod flash yes, forward breaker yeah. we get you know henry miller and nabokov and anias nin and then in the 21st century we start to see a lot more prominent female writers rise and gain commercial success woohoo yay <laughs> i know that was a great very fast little history lesson thanks well i didn't we want to bore anybody through time yeah yeah wasn't that fun um also some interesting statistics according to research compiled by adam and eve in 2016 uh the romance erotica genre makes 1.4 billion per year the highest amount Whoa. of money than any other book genre oh wow what isn't that nuts so yeah. when you're putting like romantic erotica up against like sci-fi it's like beating sci-fi uh, yeah and mystery yeah yeah isn't wow. that nuts wow uh, i did not know that i know according to the journal of sex research women who read romance or erotic novels have an astounding 74 percent more sex with their partners than those who don't See, what am I oh, doing? I know. I, know. I need to get my brain, erot- my brain, yeah. what's the word? Sex organ. Good Lord. I know. <laughs> that's, that's, my sex- that's my sexual organ of choice. So. Right. I and, don't know what um, I'm doing. I hate to bring it back to this, but Fifty Shades of Grey was the fastest selling paperback ever, selling more than 200,000 copies in one week. Nuts. Boo, boo. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> also, this is a funny little thing. Um, the author Peter C. Hayward, who writes erotica under the name Pandora Box, came up with this uh, idea that like there's this, uh, the Golden 12 erotica genres that find consistent readership. 
Um, do you want to hear what those are? Because they're kind of fun. Yeah. Um, sure. Stories that feature a billionaire or other modern alpha males, uh, which, you know, these kind of go hand in hand with porn, honestly. <laughs> um, incest and pseudo incest. So like between women and their stepfathers and men and their adopted sisters. Uh, adopted sh- sisters. That's specific. Yeah. Uh, shapeshifters. <laughs> <laughs> Monsters, uh-huh. uh, Twilight, you know, right? Um, students and teachers, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, gang banging, uh-huh. yeah. Cuckolding, yep. This one I, I like. It we're like, yes, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Seems I've heard very of popular. Uh-huh. I would agree. Uh huh. <laughs> this I thought was interesting. Gender swapping. Oh, yeah. Gender swapping. I don't know if that means like I wake up and I'm a man, <laughs> or is it is it just a yeah? What is that? Is that per, like performative mm. gender? Like is that like just about clothing and like performative identity? Oh, like, how do maybe. you swap a gender? Oh, see, I thought it was like sci-fi. Like you wake up and like you know, yeah. Like is it freaky Friday gender yeah. swappy stuff? Yeah. Like is it a? <laughs> I don't know. That's where I went. Mainstream geared like comedy movie for the family, or is yeah. it? Or and it's like, like a role playing you know, exercise between right. two people. I, I'm curious. Men in suits or women in suits. I mean, hmm. um, yeah, sleeping or unconscious sex. Okay, interesting. Uh huh. Weird. Fun for those who like it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Menage a trois. Uh huh. Definitely. And last but not least, cowboys. 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 Yeah. You can really tell that this list is American. You don't have cowboys <laughs> in London. That is a great point. It absolutely was an American list, probably. I can't um, relate to much of that list. Like, I feel like yeah. there's a lot left yeah. out, but I appreciate yeah. the gesture. Yeah, I don't know if it's... I, I think, it, to me, the, these kind of, like, evoke the paperback Fabio cover. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? Yes. Not the like. Those are the subgenres specifically. Exactly. That kind of smut literature. Yeah. I'm not, not, you know, I'm not looking down on. Not (laughs) high-minded erotica. This isn't the elevated erotica. How do you guys feel about this idea that like women tend to read more erotica rather than men? Like if we're just thinking in terms of gender as like, you know, binary. Um but like this old i this old idea that like well of course, women need their mind you know men are visual cuz i was researching yeah. like the appeal of erotica you know like my favorite thing to do for episodes is like what what is the appeal like why is it hot and so i was yeah. doing that for this and everyone's like why women specifically read erotica like why women are into erotic fiction yeah i mean i feel like i could answer a question like that with a lot of gender tropes that are sort of yeah. expiring of like men are more visual and women yeah. are more emotional. Like I don't really love buying into those concepts. I could see how they would be more at play looking back historically, you know, yeah. like how we're socialized, et cetera, et cetera. Is it because like most in most cases, like it's a female protagonist? Well, I, I mean, that's probably a closed loop, right? Of like, who are we writing yeah. for? Who's our audience? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. You know? That's fair enough. Yeah. And, and I kind of relate it to the fact that um, more guys are into 
um, like these porn video games and like video oh. gaming. Mm. Okay. Um, women aren't into that as much. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's sort of just a a combination of many things because porn has been for so many years designed for a male audience, right. and that male audience has kind of evolved and gotten edgier but, and edgier and like looking right. for crazy this podcast is here to, to say <laughs> yeah that it's not just for men honey <laughs> yeah it's for everybody yeah so i think it's a little bit those dynamics but i i don't want to believe that it's like a all-encompassing stereotype right. like i want right. to read some anias nin to a partner and get fucking heated and have a good time and i certainly imagine that could happen I think it sh- absolutely plenty of my partners. Yeah, yeah. In fact, six sixty-five percent of visitors to my site are men. <gasps> oh, really? If, if, yeah. If in fact, um, an analyst. I just had an analyst look through everything just recently, and he yeah. he brought those stats, and I was so shocked because Kaylee, I've in my head, I was writing, I was making this project for women like me, yeah, and then to have like sixty five percent of the audience actually men, yeah. is a really, really interesting. Yeah, wow. we have a slight I majority of men as well. Like our right. audience, listeners. our listeners are are slightly more men. I forget the exact percentages, but right. it is a similar statistic i want to say like 60 yeah, like 40, 60, rachel 40. Am yeah I, I think i think that's right yeah something like that which we partly wondered if it was just because it's a slightly male-centric platform and part of our existing audience came from guys who are fans of specific male comedians who also have yeah. podcasts on this network <laughs> yeah yeah or if it is like a lot of male audience that wants to know more about porn i mean i'm i'm a diehard optimist but i want to believe yeah. that there are a lot of men out there that aren't satisfied with the edgier, mm-hmm. you know, deeper, darker porn, and that yeah. there are uh, folks who are interested in having their brains stimulated in their right. erotic consumption. Well, yeah. let us introduce you to erotic fiction. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Oh wow! So, shall we talk through our bad sex award winners or oh, finalists? God. Yes. 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 Absolutely, yeah. This is kind of in lieu of a showdown because yes. uh, we can't really search erotic fiction on a porn aggregate. An aggregate and find anything <laughs> meaningful. And this was also sent to us by Almaz, um, who, po- who I had no idea this existed, who like introduced <laughs> us to the Bad Sex Awards, which Morrissey, yes, Morrissey of musical fame, yes, won. I'm um, done. <laughs> Like, when I saw that he was on there, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. His, should I just read his excerpt first? And yes. then we can kind of yes. go back yeah. and Let's forth talk some about favorites. Yeah. So this is yeah. from List of the Lost by Morrissey. Please note that what I'm about to say is one sentence. <laughs> At this, Eliza and Ezra rolled together into the one giggling snowball of full-figured copulation, screaming and shouting as they playfully bit and pulled at each other in a dangerous and clamorous roller coaster coil of sexually violent rotation, with Eliza's <laughs> breasts barrel-rolled across Ezra's howling mouth and the pained <sighs> frenzy of his bulbous salutation, extenuating his excitement as it whacked and smacked its way into every muscle of Eliza's body except for the otherwise central zone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This, to me, reminds me of, like, when I would have to write 
like write something for school and like in Microsoft Word you could like highlight something and like it would give you like a thesaurus option. Like I feel <laughs> yeah. like he just wrote something really stupid. Like he wrote something really dull and boring and he was like, I don't know, like what's another word for big? Oh, bulbous. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Salutation. Extenuating <laughs> yeah. his excitement. Yeah. Otherwise central zone is also. This is, yeah, I'm like, otherwise central zone, like, you, like, what about that is hot? Yeah. Literally nothing. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Like, how did this happen? I have so, no idea. I'm nearly crying that it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have much respect for Morrissey other ways, like, other talents. That's why I'm like, is it a joke? Because, like, there's no way anyone read this and, like, anything happened in their nether regions. Like, there's just no way. The thing is, like, good sex scenes are really, really difficult to write. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And often writers try to add realistic sex into their novels or poems or mm-hmm. short stories and just fall short because it's really difficult to write about it in a in a way that feels real and is right. also sexy. Mm. Yeah. I just was curious about what we think that challenge is. Like I just I think partially it's trying to describe sex organs over and or like trying to describe like body parts and sex organs and like the sensation of someone's body without being either repetitive or sounding overly clinical, which is also yeah. something that you very expertly avoid the trap of Almaz that like yeah it's it's got to be so difficult to like pick the right wording that's gonna be tantalizing and also not sound ridiculous and also not sound clinical. that was like some of the the problems that I had with the the stuff on this list I mean majority of it I was like okay I need like you know what turns me on I found out adverbs give me a fucking adverb like anything (laughs) like this is so boring and also like like a lot of it the the Erica Young piece it was so boring like fu- like it felt weirdly clinical and also crude at the same time do you want to read that sample yeah yeah i do um i slip in this is from fear of dying uh, i slip into bed amazed that asher is making the first move which is unusual for him While I lie next to him, astounded by his presence still, he opens my silk robe and touches my cunt as if he were Adam just discovering Eve's pussy. Beautiful, he says. And then he begins to run his tongue slowly along my labia, gently inserting one finger to feel for my G-spot on the front wall of my wet pussy. I think it's, like, specifically that last sentence that I'm like... Yeah, like, this is an example of, like, oh, it was so close. Yeah. yet, like... (laughs) And you even added front wall of my wet pussy, but it was just oh. on the front wall of wet pussy. Wet pussy. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Which is like weirdly more clinical, but we have the word pussy. Like it's this is what I'm like, oh, it's such a delicate dance because like yes. I'm here and I sort of get what's happening and how it's hot. But we immediately are like labia, front wall, G spot. <laughs> like, and it, yeah. it's like, but then no. also pussy, you know, <laughs> yeah. also yeah. pussy and cunt, which is like, what's going on here? So part of the reason is because as a society we're really sex negative. We're not we're not given any tools in order right. to explain what's happening in our bodies when mm-hmm. we experience pleasure. Mm-hmm. So we literally really struggle to find our own vocabulary to express that. Yeah. So what we do have is we do have all the anatomical and biological terms yes. which are not sexy terms. Yes. Mm. So I think until 
until we move into a more sex positive society, we're still going to get yeah. really terrible like yeah. sex scenes. Yeah, you're terrible right. attempts at it. Because I think you're right that there's sort of a split mm-hmm. there between we have two options and it's either like clinical or it's a cuss word you know and like yeah. i love the word cunt and like want that incorporated in my erotica but it's right. hard it's still hard to do it and have it not feel jarring or like yeah. you know have it sort of feel fluid as opposed to you know like like the cunt has so many interpretations and so much so many of them are just harsh you know so it's hard to utilize remember it in atonement Yes. Ugh, oh, yes, good, in atonement. That was a yes, good that's use. that's an excellent, yes. Use of the word cunt. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Wow. Yeah. Pour one out for atonement. A great, <laughs> like, I masturbate to that movie now. <laughs> it's Oh, it's so beautifully shot. It's yeah. stunning. Yeah. yeah. And that green silk, again, silk. Silk is just my favorite <laughs> thing, apparently. The green silk dress that she wears. But again, like, I always try to go back to the source material. So mm. the novel Atonement, yeah. what I remember, um, the author Ian McEwan really builds up all of that sexual tension yes. in in the beginning of that book as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Should I should I read one more of these? Oh my god, I could read I could read all of these all like them all day. They're, they're there's so much material here. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna take uh, Fates and Furies. I also loved Richard Bausch. If you want to take that, so Fates and Furies by Lauren mm-hmm. Groff. Yeah, the party was <laughs> yeah. loud. She pushed him back on the sandy tar paper, and he was looking up at her face in the glow. And she lifted her skirt and moved the crotch of her underwear aside, and Lotto who was always ready, who was ready at the most abstract imaginings of a girl, footprints of a sandpiper like a crotch, gallons of milk evoking boobs, was not ready at this oh-so-abrupt beginning. It didn't matter. Gwenny shoved him in, though she was dry. He shut his eyes and thought of mangoes, split papayas, fruits tart and sweet and dripping with juice, and then it was off, and he groaned, and his whole body turned sweet. Like, that almost got hot at the end with the fruit stuff, but like sandpiper like a crotch, sandy tar paper. Yeah. And also like her dry but I just was like, ugh. Don't be having sex with dry vaginas. I know. And she shoved him in even though she was dry. Like Yeah. Like Eesh. I was like, I don't think this is meant to be hot. Like I think this is yeah. meant to be an unfortunate sex. Uncomfortable. Scene. Yeah, I it must. Because but who knows? Because then his yeah. whole body turns sweet. Like, how's she doing, yeah. Lauren? Like, yeah. I'm wondering yeah. if, if Gwenny's okay. She I was know. Did dry she as enjoy ever. It? Does yeah. she? Does that change? Yeah. Does she ever get some self-lubricating anything happening? I don't know. I think as well, like, people tend to uh, lean on metaphor too often when we're talking about sex. Yeah. Because, again, it's because we literally don't really have a confident vocabulary to talk about it. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. Okay, I'm going to talk about Before, During, and After by Richard Bausch. Love it. Okay. She reached up and brought him to her, then rolled over on top of him and began softly to move down. When she took him, still a little flaccid, into her mouth, he moaned, Oh, lover. She felt him harden, and she tightened her lips and pulled, and then ran her tongue slow along the shaft, and then straightened and straddled him, guiding him into her, sinking and rising on him, head back, hands gripping his shoulders. It went on. It was very good. 
Okay, so you're reading so that like actually this. made it like better. Yeah, I like this. I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay, but okay, but here's the thing: it went if if a man or whoever ever described like a sex act with me as like it went on, it was very good. Like I would need <laughs> therapy immediately. Like that's all you have to say about it. It went on. It was very good. Like, yeah, it has that's a lackluster it? landing. I wanted to root for the part where it was, like, still a little flaccid. But, like, yeah. even yeah. describing it that way, like, it's setting up. It's, like, using the wrong lead, right? Like, yeah. you're still a little flat. Like, I want to acknowledge that dicks have to get hard and that, yes. like, foreplay yeah. is a thing. But it made it extremely unhot and was, like, right. oh, this part. And then... It hardens, but, like, we could have just skipped the still a little flaccid and then talked about its hardening and implied, like, that's part of the process as opposed to being, like, oh, this limp dick. Like, (laughs) I feel like it was trying to achieve the same thing I would want it to achieve, but was doing so in a counterproductive way. Again, like, so close. Like, I was so, this was so close to being fine. And just, like, a few tiny little missteps. And I'm like, oh, where are we, Richard? Like, what happened? She felt him hardened, but, like, I want to know how. Like, how did she, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what was it like? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, More detail anyways. around that. I mean, Oh, boy. Valiant efforts all. I applaud anyone trying to write a sex scene, and I want more sex scenes in the world. Right. So I feel bad <laughs> ripping on are. these, but now, it has to be done. And, like, what? Now we have a podcast where we just review erotic fiction? Like, <laughs> listen to us. Like, we're goddamn experts? Like, what do we know? <laughs> 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 oh, well, boy. shall we take a quick little break and we'll come back and talk about E.E. E. Cummings and Anais? Oh, yes. 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 Can't wait. Cool. All right. Be right back. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And we're back. We're back. What do we want to start with? Delta of Venus or uh, E.E. Cummings? Let's start with Tom. May I feel, said he, by E.E. Cummings. May I feel, said he. I'll squeal, said she. Just once, said he. It's fun, said she. May I touch, said he. How much, said she. A lot, said he. Why not, said she. Let's go, said he. Not too far, said she. What's too far, said he. Where you are, said she. May I stay, said he. Which way, said she. Like this, said he. If you kiss, said she. May I move, said he. Is it love, said she. If you're willing, said he. But you're killing, said she. But it's life, said he. But your wife, said she. Now, said he. Ow, said she. Tip-top, said he. Don't stop, said she. Oh, no, said he. Go slow, said she. Come, said he. Um, said she. You're divine, said he. You are mine, said she. Wow. So that was Tom Hiddleston reading May I Feel, said he, by E.E. Cummings. I hope we don't get into trouble around licensing <laughs> the video sharing it on youtube is like i don't own this tell me to take it down and it has twenty five thousand views and no one's taking it down so yeah feel free to contact us and we'll edit it out of the episode <laughs> <laughs> so this this is a video and uh like voiceover combined like somebody has yeah. sort of made a music video ish of tom hiddleston reading this poem so so it was actually recorded for something called The Love Book, mm. which was um, lots of British um, actors mm. um, recorded some love poetry for this audio book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's from there. Oh, oh wow. I see. And they just like threw Michelle Dockery in just for the video. <laughs> yeah, the vi- I don't know. The video is just a fan vid. Yeah, oh, I that? think somebody just like compiled yeah. footage, right? Yeah, like, it was yeah. Like, from like another, from like a perfume ad, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this piece, this poem, leaves a lot up to interpretation. I feel like, mm-hmm. like you can do. I mean, it just it's and it's also like a lot. I've never read something that, you know, relies mostly on dialogue. Um, And it rhymes. Yeah. It's just so... It just really evokes, like, the affair. Mm. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it feels um, scandalous a little bit. Like, it feels... It's always felt, like, dangerous to me because... Just like tiny little like your wife, but like we have yeah. to like don't stop, you know, like you yeah. feel the urgency. Of yeah. That, and it's so delicate and again, sparse, like so little is Quick. said, but yeah. so much is implied mm-hmm. and, and conveyed. And then yes. also Tom Hiddleston's delivery as well. Oh, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Is sexy. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow yeah. I feel like she didn't come. And that just, you know, <laughs> like, of course, a man wrote this. Because it ends with his orgasm. Yeah. And she just goes, um. Um. Yeah. 
<laughs> and he's like, "You're divine." And then, of course, it's like <laughs> she says, "You are mine." And then he just doesn't respond. The poem ends. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Rachel's bringing her trauma. To- <laughs> I am. To it's this all poem. I can think about is how she's like, "You're divine," and she's like, "You're mine." It's like, well, what does he say? You know. <laughs> That's yeah. my only. That's my, my main takeaway from this. Many interpretations available. Yeah, I think exactly. I think it's all of the above. I think it's like a little bit scandalous, and I was like, yeah, yeah she says um and like yeah, ow at one point, but right. like also tells him not to stop. Like yeah, I th- I just imagine it being like one of those like breathless like yeah. Oh, we have to fuck. Which, like, frankly, I usually don't come in those situations. Like, usually I'm like, I had a great time, but, like... I just need the friction. (laughs) No, I didn't have an orgasm inside of that, like, furious three-minute sex session. You know, it was more about the urgency of it than it was about my climax. Right, right. Good point. So a little bit, that's what it, like, sort of seems Mm -hmm. to, like, lend itself to. Yeah. For me, it was almost as if they're doing something in a small space. Oh, sure. And, like, if you're trying to maneuver to have sex, you you often, like, hit oh, things. Oh, sure. And then it's like, ow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, yeah. sit on sit on a pen or something that yeah. like, stabs your bum. Right, yeah. right. Also, when he says, like, may I move, that kind of implies that, like, they're navigating a tiny space. That sort of fits yeah. into that interpretation, I would say. Right. Hmm. Listen, I'm friends with E.E. E. Cummings. I called. What's I was he like, what's, what's he got to say? And he was like, I had really hot sex at a wedding in a coat closet. And I never she, forgot and, about her. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, now I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> now Rachel's into it. Now I think I'm it's into lovely. It. Yeah. 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 It also just goes to show that, like, delivery of, like, erotic poetry or erotic literature is so key. Right. That's I, true. <laughs> I had a short-lived audiobook VO career, and part of what I would do was read, like, self-published authors. Like, you could get on a platform and be paired with self-published authors, and a lot of what I got was, like, uh, Harlequin romance, quote-unquote, or just, Mm -hmm. like, basically soft porn. But, like, one in particular was, like, clearly someone's sort of just like game of make-believe it was like and then this and then she won an oscar and then she dated a rock star and then they were friends <laughs> and there were like sex scenes and they were yeah. they were tough they were tough to read well me and my mm. engineer would have to like take breaks for laughing which is a cruel thing to say i hope yes. that author like never listens to this <laughs> right right but it was it was they just were like terrible sex scenes there's like no way to like elevate them in the delivery and i i tried so I just mm-hmm. I just wasn't a big enough woman for the job. Tough stuff. Oh well. We also worked with this E. E. Cummings poem in my like voice and speech classes in theater school. And this is a hard ass poem to like say and make oh. interesting. Like so many of us were like, Can I? said she. You okay you can, said he. Like it just was like so pedestrian, like coming out of yeah. our butt. Like we didn't know how to make it feel like urgent and intimate. Yeah. You know, like, that's part of what's, I think, so lovely about this delivery is it, like, feels lived in and, like, yeah. and small and sensual. Yeah, he can hit it. I'll let <laughs> he him. He get it. Yeah, I'll let him. <laughs> I mean, sure. before this, honestly, he could. Like, yeah. Who do I think I am? I mean, am? Like... yeah, absolutely. 
I used to be so I used to be so obsessed with Tom Hiddleston. I remember I was like felt personally attacked when he dated Taylor Swift. But I think (laughs) I think everyone felt that way. That was a weird time. Yeah, Yeah, it was an interesting pairing. Yeah, listen, live your life, Tom and Taylor. Live your lives. (laughs) We should all be so lucky. I know. Should we talk about Delta of Venus? Let's fucking talk about Delta of Venus by Anais Nin. Yeah. What a bad bitch, you know? What an icon. Yeah. Frankly, like the the Carrie Bradshaw of 1930s Paris, <laughs> France. You know, just out here scandalizing people, talking about her sexcapades. Mhm. <laughs> I so, like yeah, so those for those who don't know, Nin was a writer, an essayist. Uh, she published her own journals, and she wrote erotica, although the erotica was largely commissioned by, like, a specific client in the Midwest U.S. who commissioned a few different authors to write erotica specifically for him. Mm. So Delta of Venus wasn't published in her life. It was published posthumously in 1977 but it was written in the 1940s yeah um which is kind of amazing and it's considered pretty groundbreaking um by a lot of sex positive feminists she was nin was one of the first one of the first female erotica writers and uh, incorporates also, it's worth saying in her life, she also studied uh, psychoanalysis. Oh. So there's a lot of that in her work. She had a relationship with, one of my favorite details from reading up on her was that she had a relationship with Otto Rank and even took her own clients for analysis and had sex with them on the couch and Whoa. ultimately s- stopped that work because she was like, I can't be objective. I'm just like too invested in my patients' lives. And I'm like, no shit, you are having sex with them. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, <laughs> that feels like it doesn't maintain like the yeah. objectivity that I think is required between patient and therapist or psychoanalyst. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the psychoanalyst thing because there's a lot of stuff with like, m- like men loving mother figures. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, in reading this and then reading after the fact that yeah. she had such she was so entrenched in in Freudian specifically like psychoanalysis. Yeah. Um I was like, "Oh yeah, duh, cuz everything's yeah. like he was aroused by his mother's bosoms." Like there was right. there's some parts elements of this. So the excerpt we're going to sort of talk about is from Delta Venus specifically Elena or Elena, um yeah. that specific story because Delta Venus is a collection of stories. And, yeah, there's so many hints at, like, pretty literal Freudian interpretation, like, some that I take mm-hmm. issue with. Like, I, it's my belief that Freud, you know, was groundbreaking, but we've accomplished right. a lot since then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly around some of the, like, homosexuality or yes. pansexuality, like, the way that, that that psychologically played out or was like, oh, he's gay because mother's breasts were taboo and I was like I don't think that's it or there's <laughs> like, a lot of like uh they're you know she's a lesbian and but she's she's jealous because she'll never never be a fully a man you know like her tongue can never do what a penis does yeah yeah in yeah. fact we're still doing lots of like it's really difficult to try and unlearn how to pathologize yeah like sexuality and mm-hmm. that and that is down to Freud who pathologized mm-hmm. everything yeah yes. yeah yeah interesting yeah, that bumped me as well yeah. about like 
the lesbian sex and being like, it can never be as a, yeah. a man's penis is. And then, or like but never it's... be like the pounding penetrative, like this has to have been yeah heterosexual sex because women can't do this for each other. That... And then even in the like lesbian sex acts, there's a description of like a lesbian's fingers being like strong, like a penis and therefore right. helpful. And I was like, yeah. hands do what I need to be done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So there is some of that that like sort of shows its age, I yeah. would say. But there still is a lot, you know, it's still pretty groundbreaking in terms of like, you know, talking about like a, a threesome with three women in 1940s or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and just in the like sexual journey of the character, it's such right. a like, fluid, like, oh, okay. we're in an opium den now and like things are happening. And like, I feel like every step of the way you understand the sort of the motivation and what compels this character to mm-hmm. wander. Like, you're sort of rooting for every sexual encounter she has, and I feel like the tension and the drive of that is really beautifully drawn out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does flow. Like, it, like we'll be in, like, a, mem- a childhood memory of one of her lovers, and then we'll come back, and she'll be with a different lover, and then back with the, the one that tortures her the most. You know, like, it's sort of... <sighs> it moves so fluidly. Yeah, through that sort of experience of hers, and it's it's quite luscious. It's quite decadent, I would mm. say, in much of it. Yeah. Should I talk about the first little paragraph that we read? Sure. I'm going to do a little dramatic reading. Oh, I'm for you guys. Okay. When she closed her eyes, she felt he had many hands, which touched her everywhere, and many mouths, which passed so swiftly over her. And with a wolf-like sharpness, his teeth sank into her fleshiest parts. Naked now, he lay his full length over her. She enjoyed his weight on her, enjoyed being crushed under his body. She wanted him soldered to her from mouth to feet. Shivers passed through her body. I love this feeling. I, like, know it very well of, like, wanting, like, loving someone so much that you just want them to crush you. Like, you just want their whole weight on you mm-hmm. 100% I've asked partners to like stay on top of me I've done that so much yeah. as well. just like lie on me I want to feel your weight yeah. right that is such a like like relatable yeah. sensation I mean like just stay and just like, crush me like many partners are like I'm scared like like yeah. we'll do it for a little while and be like but can you breathe like we'll like sort of not be comfortable with it oh but I God, think it is such a familiar thing. like if we love gravity blankets like absolutely yeah. like I think yeah. the intimate sensation of having someone's weight on you is can be so powerful and comforting yeah. and oh, I love appealing. That. I yeah. like ask for it like three times a day. I'm like, can you just lay on me for a second? <laughs> 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 like again? <laughs> it's my so favorite thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think this work is so full of things like that, like images yeah. and bodily sensations, and like, like that's why I'm like, yeah, of course, Anais, like was out here getting it because so much of the physical yeah. sensation feels like it comes from a place of experience. Like it's so textured and specific. Yeah. This woman knew sex, you yeah. know, like she mm-hmm. knew these, yeah, things that like, and that's why I think as readers, we're like, oh my God, someone else who knows this. Yeah. 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 
It's so exciting. That's why it's relatable. Like even when she talks yeah. about like the sensations and like like she got she was like shivering and like mm-hmm. just the every like so many rich textures of physical sensation and response to yeah. a person. Like this made me like miss yeah. lovers I haven't fucking thought about or ever referred yeah. to as lovers. <laughs> yeah. In like a decade, but I was like I'm like, oh, we're saying lovers now. <laughs> yeah. Like there was something like also about the youthfulness of it and about mm. her sexual sort of like it's a character who is kind of discovering her sexual right. sexuality and and re- sexual response to different partners yeah in a way that i was like ah oh, to be young again like i think it says in the essay at one point or in the story at one point that she's 25 and her the main lover that we're following is 40 right and right. i was like ah oh, to be mid 20s again and like I know. experiencing early orgasms and like i know what it is to be like emotionally and physically drawn to someone and then also to be drawn to like betraying them or to wrestle with like jealousy and envy and like the burning yeah. like it made me miss heartache like it reminded me of like call me by your name or like portrait yeah. of a lady on fire like these decadent European films and, like, (laughs) environments that invoke, like, heartbreak coupled with, like, burning physical desire. Yes. Just so rich. Yeah. Mm. I have one more excerpt that I can read. Yeah, do it. Um, Oh, I had a few, actually. Let me read. There's We had one that we pulled, but I'm going to read this one. There's one from the threesome that's lovely that if you want to yeah. read, Rachel, you can. I also pulled this one while I was reading the larger story. Oh. How the honey flowed from her. He dipped his fingers in it lingeringly, then his sex. Then he moved her so that she lay on him, her legs thrown over his legs. And as he took her, he could see himself entering into her, and she could see him too. They saw their bodies undulate together, seeking their climax. He was waiting for her, watching her movements. Like, that to me is just a delicious example of a combination of both metaphor, like, the honey flowed from her is, like, delicious and not, like, drips of her female ejaculate, like, lubrication from, like, it doesn't feel clinical, but I immediately know what it's referring to. And just the way that the action moves is so... I actually feel like um, Almaz. I remember in the the thing that you sent us, the launch story, the the dirty thirty. There oh yeah, was something dirty about, thirty. Yeah, I yeah. loved that. Of like, um, of like uh, when like spreading your fingers and like the strings of it. I was like, yeah. that's fucking horrible. Like anytime anyone talks about it and it isn't clinical, it's like kind of kinky. Yeah, but still sexy. Um, yeah. I feel like you because we forget that like bodily functions can also be sexy. They yeah. can also be weird and disgusting, right? Mm-hmm. But in in a certain context, they can be really sexy, and yeah. we just never really get to talk about that. Yeah, and also what true. I like about that extract is you've got he something about him watching her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think too often as well in work that pertains to be erotic, you don't have enough watching and being watched and the acknowledgement of that and the enjoyment that you both or all get from that often we just see things from one lone point of view yes Mm. yeah that's 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 a great point that a lot of what nin's writing does is sort of flow through experience and you can be experiencing like her physical sensation and then going back to his and talking about yeah 
that dynamic, which makes it feel yeah. more erotic because you're seeing... Because it's participatory. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. both both parties or all three parties are engaged and yeah. discovering each other and you're inside of those experiences. It's it's hotter that way. Like it, it yeah. speaks to that desire again that we talked about earlier. True. True. Yeah. You want to feel, hear the last one? Yes. Yes. They fell on this, the three bodies in accord, moving against each other to feel breast against breast and belly against belly. They ceased to be three bodies. They became all mouths and fingers and tongues and senses. Their mouths sought another mouth, a nipple, a clitoris. They lay entangled, moving very slowly. They kissed until the kissing became a torture and the body grew restless. Their hands always found yielding flesh an opening. Mm. Nice. Yes. Yielding flesh. Like, who knew that that was going to be the thing that was horny? <laughs> you know? Yes. But I also like... love that they kissed until the kissing became a torture and the body right. grew restless. Like, that's another sensation of, like, I love kissing and will kiss yeah. for a really long time. And I love doing that. To a point where you're like, oh, I have to do I more have though. To. Yeah, you know, but Honey, not that is foreplay. That. You know, yes, yes, that's the importance of foreplay right there. Yeah, that's a. It was. Uh, I just kept every single time I was like reading something and like taking notes throughout this. I was like, that's horny. <laughs> this is, this is yeah. horny. <laughs> This is super horny. Well, when I was really young, I did literally used to underline the raunchy passages. Oh, really? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Relatable. Fold over the page to turn back to later. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah, you got to save the good passages. Yeah, yeah. for your spank bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Well, I will certainly be rereading this entire book because I... Absolutely. Yeah. I hadn't visited it in a while. Um, have you read, you know, the you know, Cat Person? Mm. That short story. Yes. So she, oh, um, yeah, Kirsten, yeah, yeah. she's published the collection of short stories now. Oh. And the, the opening story, I think it's called Bad Boy. Oh. And it's like this this story about um, some friends who, cat, who whose friend breaks up with his girlfriend. So they have him stay. And then they just end up playing all these like sex games with him, but it, it's but then they take it too far and it's really horrible and traumatic. But the way oh, that um, Kirsten sets it up is it's like it's really in- it's really interesting. I would recommend mm, yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I love I that. Have to read it. Here. Yeah, mm, I love cool. Cat Person, so that's a great recommendation. I will take yeah. that. Yeah. Listen Thank to you. So, well, are any and all of these going into our spank banks, would we say? I mean, Aniasnin is there forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nin is there. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Nin forever. Lives this is the house of Nin <laughs> over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the E.E. Cummings yeah. one, for sure. Yeah. 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 Me too. And and your work, frankly, Elmas. Like I think oh, you have some yeah. really great stuff it was, happening there. Super it's sexy. Very hot. I, I can't was... read to read them all. Yeah, yeah. I might have to like dissociate just thinking about you and and jilling off to it necessarily. Yeah. I might yeah. be like, yeah. I'll just return to the stories and I'll yeah. remind myself that it's fiction. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's very arousing yeah. and really delicately and beautifully written. And for our listeners, where can they find your stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can read all the Kaylee Daniels Dated stories on kayleedanielsdated.com and then it will send you um, to a link 
to an Etsy shop to buy PDF versions of the stories. Oh. Um, but all the sexual health materials are free on the website to view. Cool. Great. Excellent. Awesome. And then did you want to also just drop your, your own social media handles? We'd love to give you an extra plug there. Oh, yes. Um, and then you can find... You can follow Kaylee Daniels Dated on Facebook and Instagram with the handles Kaylee Daniels Dated. And on Twitter, it's Kaylee D Dated. And then you can find me across all of the social media outlets with the handle at Almaz Ohini. Great. And I'm going to spell them for our listeners. So Almaz Ohini is A-L-M-A-Z-O-H-E-N-E. And Kaylee Daniels, Kaylee is spelled K-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H. Daniels, D-A-N-I-E-L-S. Cool. For for the real ones who are going to go look right now. We'll also uh, tag Almaz and her series on our Instagram. So you'll be able to find find you on social that way, too. Thank you so much for joining us, Almaz. I know. This was so lovely. A wonderful journey. Thanks so much for listening to Girls on Porn. You can find us on Twitter at GOP the Podcast, on Instagram at Girls on Pern, that's porn without the O, or on our website at girlsonporn.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, include your Insta handle and we'll post it and tag you, expressing our abundant gratitude. And finally, we are looking for an intern. If you're interested in working with us, you can find contact info on our website to email us. We'll be accepting inquiries and applications from all over. Feel free to work remotely. Uh, And if you write in, just tell us a little bit about yourself, any relevant experience, and why you'd be into it. This has been Girls on Porn, the only GOP that's actually good. That was a HeadGum Podcast.